0: Log Talk Radio.
1: An old Cherokee is teaching his grandson about life. There's a fight going on inside me, he says to the boy, and it's a terrible fight between two wolves. One wolf is evil. It is angry, envy, sorrow, regret. Greed, arrogance, self-pity, guilt, resentment, inferiority, lies, false, false pride, superiority, and ego. The other, he continued, the other wolf is good. This wolf is joy, peace, love, hope, serenity, humility, kindness, benevolence, empathy, generosity, truth, compassion, and faith. Now this same fight is going on inside you and inside every other person too. The grandson, he sits there and he thinks about this for a sec. And he asks his grandfather, which wolf wins? The old Cherokee simply replied, it's the wolf you feed.
2: Lord is so hard I won't accept that this is how it's gonna be. Therefore you got to let me and my people go. Cause I wanna be free, completely free.
1: Good evening, (laughs) good afternoon, or good morning. I hope you received this, and it all just depends on what part of the world you're living. Bienvenidos, K tal, namaste, okie, and welcome to another episode of the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show live mondays and wednesday nights at 7 p.m central standard time live on blogtalkradio.com my name is will green holding down one half of your hosting duties holding down the other half of our hosting duties Uh, some people call them unc and there's other names we call them uh you may call them Uh, but let me just tell you about my best friend whether we're talking man to man or we're talking son to son my dad bill green i know he's uh was running into the studio at the last minute, so he'll jump in uh, when he gets his mic together. Um, But, yeah, this is the Greenhouse Effect radio show. Um, The chat room, phone lines, everything is open for you. Let me see if I can bring his mic in, uh, see if I can help you out here. There he is.
3: Yo, yo. What's happening, Daddy What's happening, man? Oh man, what a what a journey! <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, you still I've been
1: you're, in, you're,
3: go ahead. I've been in Texas too long. <laughs> you know, I've not got spoiled, man. You know, I was out in the element today, and um, the temperature dropped about thirty degrees, in the in, within the since sunup, you know, and. Um, I didn't pay any attention to that because 'cause I'm from Chicago. <laughs> you know. So, you know, I jumped out with a little sweatshirt on, a little hoodie, you know, the one your son made me and um, you know, ran, put my put I put my my Christmas gift knit hat on, so you know, I was uh, relatively prepared, but then you know, fine freezing rain started dropping anyway. <laughs> you know, I'm asking myself, What the hell are you doing out here? <laughs> <laughs> right. By the time I got back to the crib, you know, I bought me some, some little picks. I bought me something to eat, grub down, saying, okay, you know, like uh, you got to get busy getting your script together. Man, and I guess the excitement of the day was too much. You know, I crashed and woke up in a total panic. So, yeah, I'm here, man. and um, uh, Thank you for getting us going. Uh, I, you know, I haven't mentioned this before. I sure want to mention it right now Wyatt, while it's on my mind. I love okay. that story you tell about the two wolves you yeah. know um yeah. i I don't know how many folks you know tune in in time to hear it at the very beginning of the show, but for those of you who are out there the the millions of you who are out there
0: the millions
3: <laughs> hey, my man you know if you if you don't get in you know right at the at the beginning, make it a point too, just to just hear that. Two Wolves story. Yeah, you tell it great too, man. You know that 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 that's that's worth the tune in right there. So how you doing, man? You sent me a, a a picture, a photo earlier today, man, and like you woke up to what It must be about a half a foot of snow or something up there, Chicago way, huh? Uh,
1: yeah, I don't know, I don't know how many inches, but you know, uh, a, good, a good five. You know, and they just they just falling <laughs> yeah. right on top of each other. You know, it's probably more than five inches. Um, but uh, my neighbor paid a couple of youngins to shovel the snow. I'm like, that's a good idea. <laughs> I think I'm gonna let them have yeah. this round,
2: yeah. and
1: uh, I'll, I'll go out there tomorrow yeah. and it Yeah, I'll, I'll put on the rescue suit tomorrow. But uh, today, I I didn't want to put myself through that. You know, got to be smart with the snow, that's
3: right.
1: especially when you get older. Yeah, I know,
3: you know that's right. <laughs> yeah, well, let me, let me, yeah, tell me about it, especially when you've gotten old. <laughs> okay, you know? okay.
1: Hey, um, hey, wait a minute. I'm just saying older. Are oh, you saying you?
3: <laughs> I'm talking about me. Yeah, I'm talking about you, man. You break out your okay. rescue, man. Will, for those, those of you don't, I don't want this to sound like an inside oh, joke. Will has this, um, this, this worksuit kind of thing is orange. And, um, uh, what do you call it? Jumpsuit? What is it? You know, anyway, Yeah, I, I guess
1: you can, yeah, like a jumpsuit. Yeah.
3: Yeah, but it's yeah. like a winterized one, so it's not one of those little cute run around the block ones. Man, this is a lockdown suit. But anyway, <laughs> uh, he sent me years ago. He sent me uh, uh, when I was living in Chicago. I was kind of on on uh, on lockdown, freeze down. I, I was in a yeah. and I was um, staying in a home I was renting, and um, it was back before my hip surgery, my hip replacement surgeries. Anyway, I was iced in. I mean, and and there was nothing I could do about it. So Will sent me a, a text telling me he was on the way. <laughs> but he also, see, y'all have to picture this now. This is the dead of winter. I'm on ice now. The wind is howling. This is Chicago, you know, at its peak, like it was December, you know, and January maybe, somewhere between them. But you got to picture this. So he sent me a text saying he was on the way. But he also sent a photo. And in the photo it showed the howling wind and the and the <laughs> snow-like, blizzard-like conditions. But in it, you know, I could see, he sent me about three or four photos, and I could see this orange suit emerging from this blizzard-like condition with this shovel on my man's back, you know. So, you know, from that, I dubbed him Rescue Man, shoes going around (laughs) the neighborhood shoveling people out, you know, shoveling this way over to my crib, and he had to go about eight miles to get to me. I didn't shovel all the way, but y'all get my trip. So ever since then, I dubbed him in that orange jumpsuit. Rescue man, so
0: rescue, rescue
3: man. man, put it aside today, and he had the the, the, um, the neighbor pay some people to come and shovel the walk for him. So right on, man. Anyway, I just wanted to share that story. So uh, right on, Now, Let me get out. No, it's
1: so cool, man. It's a, it's a proud man. moment. <laughs> proud moment I have to yeah. come able to come help you out, and and uh, even yeah. Jackson and his mom. You know, they were held up at somebody's crib and
3: um, yeah, but anyway, right. they were living up in Chicago yeah. then. Yeah. You yeah. went around the corner and, and, and shoveled them out. So yeah, that's the rescue man story, y'all. Sorry for taking up, you know, valuable time. Um so jump on to the rest of your business, man. I'll back up for a second.
1: A little Tidbit info there. So you never know what you learn on the Great House Effect Radio Show when you tune in to this dynamic duo, this father and son. That, you know. <laughs> Appreciate you all listening. So like every show, we always like to remind you all a few things before we really get going here, because if you haven't been able to tell by now in just these few 10 minutes, you know, we get things going. Uh, so before we get things going, we just want to remind you, number one, make sure you grab a pen and paper, a pencil and pad, a post-it note, a marker, an envelope, a napkin, I don't know. But we want to make sure that if you got questions, you don't forget to write it down. We want to make sure if you got a comment, we don't want you to forget it. So write it down. You may even pick up something, you know, from us in our discussion. And you may have something you want to share with us in the listening audience. So write it down, you know. Uh, the other thing is that unlike other podcasts uh, that's live, we offer the opportunity to engage. So you can either call us. The number here is 516-453-6094. Again, 516 453 6094. Press 1 on your keypad. That'll put your number in the queue. And uh, um, we'll bring you in as soon as we can. That's all I can say. But we will bring you in. Right. Uh, the other way right. is that you can engage with us in our chat room, uh, live on the blog com site. That's uh, com slash the greenhouse FX, the letter FX, greenhouse effect. Uh, set up your own Uh, profile and you can uh, interact with us in the chat room and sometimes I'll double check Facebook as well. So you can say something on the event page, but we want to hear from you all, you know, you know, I don't, you know, we appreciate everybody's support, you know, but we want to know what you what's on your mind as well. You know, so we always encourage you all to find whatever Avenue you can to, you know, talk with us as well. So, um, Oh, and one other thing, Dad, before we just get into things. I just, Mm -hmm. you know, as far as us communicating with each other, I just want to put out a little reminder. Just, you know, remember, this isn't a contest. This isn't a competition. This show isn't about who's the smartest person. You don't have to be the smartest person in the room and be a jerk at the same time. So, basically, be respectful of your comments. Be respectful of the other listeners you know, um, very easy to set up your own radio show, you know, but the only thing is our show, so
3: <laughs> it's our show, yeah you know
1: uh that's all I gotta say,
3: you yeah. know, yeah, you know what I'm getting at well, as usual, you're being you know user friendly you know yeah. and yeah. um and that's cool and and right on you know, and you're being politically politically correct and and listener savvy Well, you know, I'm kind of raw dog, don't give a damn. You know, I don't have much patience for people who use the chat room to just be stupid. So chances are, you know, when stupidity starts becoming clear in commentary and comments made that have nothing to do with anything but troll talk, you know, I'll probably cuss you out in the chat room. Uh, I try to refrain from that. But you can bet you're going to be deleted, you know, and blocked. And that's the end of it you know, fortunately, not unfortunately, fortunately, we don't have that happen, you know, in the dial-in part of the show. You know, people come in, and they're very respectful. And probably the the most disrespect comes from me, but I'm getting better. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) everybody who calls in has, by and large, you know, I mean 99.9% have really been, you know, respectful, cool, on target, um, and, and, and. Very, very supportive, you know. So anyway, um, yeah, man, thanks for mentioning that. and I'm not going to belabor the point right on.
1: I appreciate.
3: A lot of stuff to get to, yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot of stuff. Let me just say I love and appreciate your acknowledge, acknowledgement to, uh, I don't want to say your own faults, but just limitations. You know, it's not a fault. You just have limits. You get to the point where enough <laughs> is enough. <laughs> yeah,
2: but, yeah, but it's, it's,
3: it's just it's, that your, your, time, your bottle is smaller than my bottle. Unfortunately, the lessons of patience, you know, have to be doled out in the pain of impatience. And so a lot of times the humility, you know, I seek all too often comes from self-humiliation. And it doesn't have to be that way, but you know, I'm still, you know, I'm still an old dog, and I'm still trying to learn new tricks. So thank you for your patience, A little Fredo. And I'm, I'm, I'm trying to back off, man, so you can get to the show.
1: Uh, hey, I'm, I'm enjoying. Hey, you know, it's, it's an exciting day, man. It's February second in 2022. Two 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 two. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it, man, I'm having fun check today, you out. man yeah I'm you I know
3: change uh, your name to number man <laughs>
1: <laughs> the rescue number man you, you calculate the figure uh, and uh, to get two, you out. Two, two, two. yeah yeah so this is a this is a trippy time, you know we talked a little bit about trippy. uh you know how we were doing uh coming out of uh the low sun season and you know uh lunar year and all this stuff so yeah i' I'm, I'm just having fun today man mm-hmm. so. You know, right on,
3: the,
1: right on Yeah, there you go Yeah, yeah. Why, why. All
3: right So, so um, what you got for us today, man?
1: What what don't we have, man? There's so many things that, <laughs> that's going on You know, and it is February So, you know, we have to acknowledge that it, it is Black History Month uh, For the month of February But I'm going to tell you wow. now here on the Greenhouse Effect radio show And even outside the radio show and outside of social media Dad and I celebrate uh, our history every day, you know. So we just want to say, yeah, oh, every day, you know. It, but we'll say, you know, here's yeah. February's Black History Month, so right on, you know. And hopefully, those that were ignorant to the accomplishments of, of Black Americans, so hopefully somebody out there got some knowledge. So even for yeah. those twenty-eight yeah, days, right. you know what Talk I mean? Talk about it. <laughs> calling, calling them ignorant!
3: Wow, listen yeah. to you. <laughs> wow. Hate mail, hate mail.
1: <laughs> yeah, you got to be careful what you say, um, oh man. I mean, so yeah, where, where I don't, I don't, I don't even know where to begin. Um, it's a couple of things that's happening, uh, you know. I mean, books are getting banned. You know, it's a lawsuit in the NFL. HBCUs, we've been talking a lot about them. They've been getting bomb threats very recently. You know, I know you and I talked a little bit about that before the show uh, earlier today. Right. Um, You know, and and I was, when you mentioned it, you know, I was like, yeah, I I heard about it, because I remember going to Atlanta, and I remember there were uh, some times when there were bomb threats, but, you know, that's like, that's like saying there's a bomb threat in a CPS school, you know, I mean, like, who's going to, you know, how are they going to do that? They can't do that. It's just, it, it didn't, you know, it didn't seem possible, but it was always taken seriously, you know. But this time it was different because there was more than just one school, you know, at the same time, but it's not that it's the, um, how, how can I put it? Not that it was blown off, you know, like, like I said, when I was going there, it was just like, okay, there's some white people upset and making a bomb threat or something like that. But, um, you know, like I well, said, I know people. we had, let's
3: not, let's right. not, let's not accuse <laughs> Although you're probably right. some ahead, Some, guy, man. some people. Getting I don't. getting me know, all man. messed up. Man.
1: I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. You know, I told you, it's, I'm going to blame it on, on the twos tonight. I'm blaming it on the twos, man. <laughs> no,
3: nah, you're right, though, man. You know, I mean, like, look, this is a, we're dealing with a, a real time right now. And people can bury their heads in the sand if they want or, you know, live under the maze of, you know, reefer, clouds of reefer or whatever, but there's a reality going on right now, like it or not. There's there's a, I don't even know how subtle it is anymore. You know, there's a race war going on. and It's and not the race subtle. Being <laughs> of, yeah, oh, it's goodness. being fought on a different, a slightly different stage now. You know, it's using the, you know, the um, social media outlets, you know, it's using, you know, um, I mean, there, there's obviously the um, the continuous drama well it's not even drama it's saga you know of black folks being mowed down you know um whether it's by police you know whether it's by you know um hate crimes or whether it's by black on black crime you know it's, it's a it's a continuous um situation that you know uh leaves us in a a state of 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 alert you know, I won't call it fear, I won't call it concern, but I'll definitely call it a, a state of alert. You know, and that alert shifts as as you get older. Like, um, you know, when I started out as as a, as a young man, you know, um, finding out what the boundaries of, of Chicago, you know, where they were, because, you know, it was invisible boundaries, and I didn't know that they existed. And I set out to discover, you know, by happenstance, you know, the, the racial boundaries that existed in a city that by all standards was one of the most the most socioeconomically impoverished um city in the nation that, you know, dealt with these and so it was, you know, open housing was not open. And that's what drove that's what brought that's what inspired Dr. Martin Luther King to come up and do open housing marches through Marquette Park. And and right on down the line is a young man finding out, you know, that the things I had been protected from growing up by by my elders became became a reality, you know, um, where suddenly, you know, the I was shifting around. Um suddenly the the innocence of my youth was lost with the slaying of um Till. And people might be saying, Oh boy, here we go with the Emmett's thing again But you gotta understand I grew up with Till. You know, I didn't um know him personally. Because um, he was a few years older, than, and um, my cousin Marty, you know, but he was friends with my cousin Art, and, and you know, and he you know went to grammar school with my brother Jeff and my cousin Pete. So you know, we played in the we played in the same alley, you know, and i and um, Emmett Till was kind of a kind of a bully, you know, he was kind of a you know, he was kind of big. You know, wide anyway. You know, for the for the, in comparison to the rest of us, and you know how bully mentality works. You know, it, it can be kind of um, um, scary. You know, when you when you're like six years old and somebody nine years old is up in your face, and it's apparent that you know they out outweigh you by about forty pounds. And you know, times were lean back in the fifties, <laughs> so you know we didn't have things like leftovers. You know, there was no, the only thing that was left over in us, our dinner plate was hunger. <laughs> you know, was after we ate, there was still that so hunger. <laughs> but anyway, you know, um, um, but I had a cousin, Carol, and my cousin Carol was like, I think she came out the womb 5'9". <laughs> you know she uh, I'm 5'9". Now, you have to imagine, you know, like uh, your cousin, and I'm like, I'm talking about being 6, 7 years old, and I'm looking at my cousin Carol. Who was the oldest of the clan, and she like like looked like five nine I guess so she just towered over everybody. So after all the you know after all the wolfing was done and after all the skin slinging was done because we only fought back then you know maybe through a rock or two somebody who had a knife was like, oh, man, and he was somebody to fear and admire, you know. You know, the best we could ever do was maybe a, a, a butter knife, <laughs> you know. and anyway, you know, and we would put it in our sleeve and then sling it out real quick like it was a switchblade. But, but anyway, you know, like, uh, whatever the thuggery went down, in the end, you know, Carol was the neighborhood peacemaker. So I'm sure that she confronted Brother Emmett more than once about, now, you, you, this is my clan here. You don't, you don't mess with him. So, then to um, find out that you know, like when he didn't come back to the neighborhood that he had been, um, he had been killed, murdered. You know that was my way. Uh oh, have I been disconnected all this time?
1: Oh, you're still here.
3: You still oh, okay, here? Okay, I just heard something. Okay. So you know, um, all of a sudden to find out, you know, that he had been murdered. First of all, just that. I mean, you know, that was unheard of anyway. But then, when the details slowly leaked out, because our parents wouldn't tell us the real skinny, so we had to just find out through the through the, through the neighborhood of grapevine, you know, and how it went down. That was my exposure to um, to racism, you know. So, you know, that that was a heck of a way to find out that this kind of violence toward a people just because of their skin color that I wasn't even aware of. You know, I, I was too busy trying to be you know, a, 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 a Negro American. I wasn't concerned about anything else, man, and, and a good Catholic. <laughs> and to find out, no, nah, you know, there, there's a there's a price to pay. You know, you, you're already a criminal in American society just because you were born with the mark of color and understand that for the rest of your life, you're on trial. You know, and you said something once about, um, how did you put it, about the victim of, of being shot down by the police, as an example, you know uh, how did you put that, man?
1: The the victim is having to justify their own death.
3: Yeah, you know it's like what kind of crap is that? You know, like
1: yeah.
3: you know I've been killed by you and I have to I have to defend myself on trial. Yeah, that's crazy, but that's yeah. the reality. So now though we're getting it, you know, like these threats of violence, you know, and it's. It doesn't matter that eventually probably it's going to pan out to be um, young, and I'm trying to stay away from the color thing because it might turn out to be My black. My apologies.
1: My apologies for that. Yeah, yeah. We don't know who. I'm sorry. My apologies. Yeah.
3: Well, you only got to apologize to me. <laughs> but anyway, you know, however it pans out, whether it's black, white, male, female, I don't the thing is that it could be orchestrated in such a way that these threats would come out to, you know, almost all of the, you know, historically black universities, you know, on the first day of Black History Month, you know, that that's, that's planned cruelty, you know, and you can't convince me, you know, that it's just a prank. You know, there's no just a prank when it's done like that toward black people, although it seems like even, you know, um, being mowed down on the streets, oh, well, it's, you know, it, it's... It's because they were afraid of you, even though you were running naked in the opposite direction. You know, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. It's a, it's a, a it hate-filled time, you know. Yeah. And this hate has a way of spilling out in unpredictable ways, right? Um, so I, I, I'm yeah. sorry for jumping in there, like man, like that, man. You were making some very concrete points, so you know. No, through, I'm.
1: I'm glad that you. I'm glad that you jumped in. I wasn't really. I was kind of making some silly points, but I found out that uh, even back in early January, uh, eight schools had uh, received some bomb threats. Also, so you know, even though it may just it's just a hoax or whatever, you know, uh, like you said, it was it's not uh, a hoax.
3: It's not a hoax. It's it's, it's really happened.
1: I mean, um, what did you call cruel? Cruel.
3: Uh, Prank prank, it might be a prank, know, they might eventually you. call it a prank, you know right, cool, but this cool is really point. happening is my point, you know it's really happening and it's really happening directed toward the people, it's not directed toward a random school, you know it's not directed toward you know uh, a random circumstance. this is a planned event, you know, and even though the other threats had come earlier in the year in January, you know this orchestrated. Threat system, you know, developed on the first day of Black History Month. That's not an accident. That's by design. I don't know if it's, if it's intentions it to inflict fear. I suspect it's to inflict fear. You know, um, it, it seems like that's the coward's way that's been done toward black people forever. You know, yeah. um, let's shoot you, let's mow you down behind, you know, in a, in a hidden place. Let's throw a bomb in your church. You know, let's um, get together as a mob and lynch you. You know, but you know, it's not going to be a one-on-one confrontation. You know, the brother that was mowed down in, in Georgia. You know, let's get you know a group of family members together, and we ain't got nothing else to do. So let's go kill a nigga You know, and excuse my word there, y'all. But here's the here here lies the rub. You know, um, let's go kill a n-word ain't the issue. You know, it's what the N word is? That's the idea. That's that's a fair game in American society, you know. And the, the hatred justifies its own means, you know. So anyway, man, I, I get stirred by this, and um, I kind of get I kind of drift into a a, a a theme of rage, I guess. And I'm trying to be subtle with it, you know. So again, uh, I apologize, man, but this is. I mean, you know, like, all right, so you, we're dealing with this issue of, of education. We had this that um, Brown versus the Board of Education. We had this thing that Thurgood Marshall did. We had this thing that, that, that challenged the issues of separate but equal education. So we finally got to integrate the schools, but we still had historical black colleges that, by and large, you know, black enrollment is what, is what fuels the schools. So we say, okay, we'll we'll get out of your way. We'll go ahead and get our own historical black college thing going. We'll do our own thing. You can have your school systems back. And so you're still going to threaten us, you know, with these fear tactics. So what is it that we're supposed to do? You're not going to be happy until we return quietly to the plantation? Well, are you sure you want to go through that again? (laughs) I just don't don't understand what what um, this race field or even this indifferent attitude toward race in in America. is really all about. I don't, what is it that, what do you want? What do you want black people to do? You know, you created us here in in this country. We're homegrown. You know, this was not our intention, but now we've arrived. So what do you want us to do? I just want politicians to just ask that question to each other. What do you want black folks to do? You're the ones who gave black folks the right to, to vote. You gave it to black men before you gave it to your own white women. So what do you want black people to do with this thing called freedom? What do you, what do you expect from black folks when you guide at places like Gettysburg and Bull Run and Vicksburg? You know, you, you, you fought this war, you know, for this, this, this right of, of, of passage. For the country, more so than just the people. You 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 integrated the the, the, the armed service. You know, you have black folks in every war represent themselves from the Revolutionary War, you know. And I don't care whether Crispus Addicts was truly, you know, the first person to fall. History says it, but nobody knows who fired the first shot. Of course, you're going to blame the British if you're American. You know, but the thing is, what has happened to the idea of American history from that moment to now that somehow denies an entire people, you know, who are homegrown, who are American before they're anything else, how then do, how does history defend itself when the continuous story has been the same of discrimination, hate tactics, violence, and cruelty? What do you, what do you expect us to do? You know, we fought every war. We paid taxes. You know, we uh, we we show up at the at the polling booths. We 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 are law enforcement. You know, we're we're in the law enforcement service. We're, we 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 are all, well. I don't know about now, but we used to be all over the military. We were the backbone of, of discipline. We made up the, the highest concentration of noncommissioned officers. You know, we do what we have to do beyond what is expected of, of white America. Take a Jackie Robinson. For example, but you know, a uh, uh, Jesse Owens, you go right on a uh, Marion Anson, a uh, 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 Wilma Rudolph, this uh, a uh, Thea Gibson, you know any any name you want. Ernie Banks, how does a person win Most Valuable Player two years in a row playing for a last place team? You know, how did, I mean, you know, at a time you know of of his peers when he was at the top of the heap of names like Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and Ralph Campanella and and and, and Jackie Robinson. Robinson on the, but how do you, you know, I don't know, man. If I'm rambling, I apologize. But I just, I think there's a time when when we have to come to a time in American society where black folks no longer have to apologize for being black. You know, I mean, like, um, I did not create myself. God created me, you know, and I got to believe that God dropped me off on this part of the planet for a reason. And for no other reason, you know, than to be on this radio show with my son. So there's my plug, and I'm shut up.
1: (laughs) You know, I I, uh, I was thinking back to um, the time when I um, hung out in Dallas for those two months right after the Super Bowl. And it was one day, uh, me, you, and uh, Ray were in the kitchen talking. And this was right after uh, the brother got killed by the police, as he was naked, running away. Um, yeah,
3: right. Huh?
1: You know, and, and you know, because... And you heard
3: what Will said. He said he wasn't naked. He was naked. Yeah. Naked. <laughs> Go ahead, man. Naked. I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead,
1: When you're you running on concrete, you're naked. Uh, but... You're um, naked, man. Hey, man. You know, and, and we were talking, you know, and just that moment, I know, just, just struck you, you know. Um, and you... You were talking and you was like, Man, if I could I would just write an apology like, I'm sorry, you know Yeah. Yeah that, 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 that. that yeah. you know, I, and yeah. it, it just it it struck me because you know, I never really heard you talk like that. And to hear you say, Man, I don't know what we did but damn, I'm gonna apologize, you know, it just gets to that point damn. where I'm just sorry, man, you know, like just just chill, damn. just stop. <laughs> you know? I don't know what, we, what I did to you what we did, I don't get it no more, but anyway, you made me <laughs> think about that and and that's it's just like that's a great yeah, question man. what what more do you want? Yeah. you know, uh um, what more do you want what, what more I don't, do you, want, you know what else is there you know, um. Yeah. But, I just wanted to share that, you know, it's just like what yeah. else is there um, and you and you were so emotional when you was first talking about like I'm sorry, and I just felt that I was like these people don't have to die, and so many people have died for you know no no reason,
3: yeah, man, yeah, yeah, so, so maybe we need you know I see you got somebody in the queue that we need to like kind of um um. Deflate a
1: little bit and shift the phone <laughs> yeah let's go ahead and right. let's go ahead and, and and uh hit up the uh, phone line uh we see uh area code four one three four five five area code four one three four five five good evening thanks for calling into the green good evening gentlemen what's going on primo
4: not much how are you guys doing doing great what's, man What's, what's went,
1: up,
3: Adam? you know <laughs> what's up, Adam?
4: I, 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 what's up, man? I had a question going back, and I and I apologize, but I had a question going back to um to Monday's show, um, in regards to Lindsey Graham. And Lindsey Graham had made a comment, and Lindsey Graham, in, in my opinion, has kind of been all over the place, but he had made a comment about um, President Biden picking or or declaring that he's going to pick a black woman for the supreme court and a lot of people came out and and were saying well that's that's affirmative action that's affirmative action and lindsey graham actually came out and said no it's not affirmative action that's that's america so i guess I, i was just looking for for your thoughts on that because lindsey graham before wasn't he was all all trump all day all the time so is is he is he is he flip flopping? Is he looking forward and saying no? Well, okay, well this is where I need to be right now. Or it, I, I guess I was just trying to get your thoughts on that.
1: Well, <laughs> what did you what do you think, Adam?
4: I think he's flapping like like a flag in the wind. Whichever way things are going and what what will benefit him the most, that's the way he's going to go. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, is, is this a uh,
1: an election year or anything like? that? I don't think so, right? Because that that's, uh, you that's know, the mid-term. question. As far as you know, as far as his campaign or something like that. Yeah, it's always election year. It's always right. Just this is not level. really off. Yeah. This is not really off topic, but, like, the governor of Illinois is making all these proposals, you know, and they sound really great, but in this election year, you know, so they just always propose them. But you know how politicians do. But I I, I would like to think that he's just being straight up. You know, we mentioned that this is what Trump did. This is what Reagan did. Um, and, I mean, we know that, again, if what do you it's, mean?
3: What do you mean that this is what... Trump did this. Is what Reagan did in in regards to Lindsey Graham being straight up. I mean, I'm trying to understand the comparison. Are you saying that Lindsey Graham is cut from the same grain as Reagan or Trump, or that he's splitting away from that? Just for clarity's sake, I just want to.
1: Because he's a no mind. Why? You, because he's a Republican, right? Yeah.
3: Are you yeah. Saying that because Republican, he's
1: a Republican. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm adjust- Yeah. Okay. No, I, I'm just, be, yeah, because he's Republican, because of his the history, you know, his past history, uh, I think he's just, it's not a matter of being Republican or Democrat. He's just saying that that's something that has been done before um, in, in presidential history. So I, I'm just thinking he doesn't see the difference just because we're talking about a black woman with what Biden said
3: okay i don't i don't i'm not i'm not real clear on what your stance is regarding lindsey graham um uh and you know i don't i don't want to sound contrary to your comments um but (laughs) lindsey graham was wrong yeah but i was trying to however but let's Lindsey Graham is an example of what's wrong with the political system right now. You know, I mean, he's a perfect example of that. You know, it's nothing at all that deserves any kind of fair treatment from y'all when it comes to him. You know, he's a slimy, conniving racist, you know, that knows the game when he plays it. You know, now, y'all can go ahead and give them some props if you feel like you need to, but I don't even like wasting time talking about the ball. You know, I mean, like, um, there, there's a lot of things that you asked in that question of yours, Adam, that is so much more than just Lindsey Graham. It's like the issue of affirmative action spoken by the senator from Mississippi, whose name you mentioned Monday, Will you know, who, who said that it was about affirmative action as if Wicker. that was a negative thing,
0: Wicked, yeah, but it was
3: a, spoken as a negative t- thing as if, you know, this is um, on the heels of the other comments made by Trump included that it's um, denying the rest of American society the right to compete for a seat on the Supreme Court. Look, we're, a black woman has never sat on the Supreme Court, you know, so – This dude made a promise in his campaign that he's determined to um, keep. Now, black women got him elected, so he better keep that promise. (laughs) I don't understand what else matters. Why are we even talking about it like it's something that needs to be scrutinized or justified? You know, a black woman has never sat on it. You have. You know, it's always been up to, what, 67, 64, 67. Um, it's always been white male. Reagan, you know, appointed Sandra Day O'Connor as the first woman to sit on the Supreme Court, and nobody raised a hair about that. You know, I think her approval is like 98% or something like that. So, you know, again, see, this is the issue of social media and how it's being used to continue to promote this 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 flagrant denial of, of black visibility, I don't give a damn. With I don't need Lindsey Graham. There's nothing he can say that's going to make me feel better about being black. There's nothing he can say that's going to make me feel better about. You know, oh, Lindsey Graham approves the idea of a black woman being appointed to the Supreme Court. I don't give a damn what, you know, Lindsey Graham is, you know, I'd rather see somebody vote him out of office. You know, I'm so you know, I have absolutely, you know, Trump used to be a Democrat, by the way. Then I guess yeah. he became a Republican, but now Trump's a Trumplican. <laughs> you know, so, you know, he started the Trumplican Party. Lindsey Graham is not a member of the Trumplican Party. But he's a Republican who will toe the line for fear of the party losing power, you know, and and so it doesn't matter whose toes get stepped on. It doesn't matter what people are disregarded, you know, as long as the Republican Party has to kowtow to Trump just to, you know, just to keep their toehold or their boots on the neck of black America, then they will. And that's what they're doing. Now, you know, we can – but again, see, we – we don't have the, 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 the community bullhorn like we used to have. We don't have brothers and sisters demanding, you know, um, equal justice like we had in, in the 60s and 70s. You know, we have these, these, these muted mouthpieces in, in Washington, and we have a few spatter, quite a few spatterings of, of black men and women elected to public office like mayorship, but we don't have, you know, boots on the ground in the hood. We don't have an H. Rapp Brown, a Stokely Carmichael, a Martin Luther King Jr., a Malcolm X, a Medgar Evers, An Angela Davis, you know, a Nikki Giovanni. We don't have, you know, that collective demand from so many avenues of, of black expression demanding social justice. We have a few muted, you know, mouthpieces that aren't raising their fists, stomping their feet. You know, and 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 speaking from the theme of by any means necessary, you know, we don't have a black Panther party that is hollering power to the people. You know, we don't we don't we don't we don't even have that kind of collective push where the athletes to the entertainers. See, they supported the leaders for civil rights. You know, um, they supported it. They were not the leaders. They supported the leaders. By showing up, we don't have athletes doing that, maybe because we' don't have anybody for them to get behind. you know, I don't know, but I know Lindsey Graham you know is not worth my time in offering an opinion about something he spoke out against that shouldn't even be an issue which it will be you know when it when the Senate comes to vote, so I'm sorry that's the you know, that's the best i got man i mean, i i'm I'm you know I ain't got nothing else to say man.
1: No, I thought no, he was. No. I thought he was in support of what Biden said.
3: Yeah, no, he he was, it and, he, and it doesn't it, matter. Is my point? You know, you don't speak one thing. You don't like. You don't. You don't piss on nine people, and then zip your pants up on the tenth, and expect people to forget about nine just that's, that's soaked in pee. You know, so him speaking out. About you know about something they ain't even worth speaking out about, you know. To me, isn't even worth recognition in that regard. I, y'all need to check out Lindsey Graham and his track record, you know. And oh so no, maybe no, that
4: absolutely. That. And I I I I brought it up as more of how hypocritical Lindsey Graham is because before when 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 President Obama was in office and they were trying to get a they were trying to elect a Supreme Court judge. He's like, I'll never agree to selecting a, or or voting or putting to a vote a Supreme Court judge in the last term of a president. But the hypocritical part is that is that that's exactly what he did. But when he said that, when he had that interview, he said, "And you can put me on the record saying this," and nobody ever called him to the yeah, carpet about it. Right. Yeah,
3: but and look, now I he's really- like. I I don't know if, you know, like, I hear you, man, I hate to cut you off, but we can go back no, and no go no. back and forth. But his track record speaks for itself, is my point. You know, and oh, I don't 100%. think we need to use a whole lot of time, you know, um, reminding everybody about who he is, you know. So, like, you know, he, 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 it's not a hypocritical statement. Lindsey Graham is a hypocrite. You mm-hmm. know, so it, it, that's, that's, you know, to me all we need to know about him. So his comments should but be taken me. as... Comments made by a
4: hypocrite. You know? yeah, absolutely, um, I I do not disagree. Okay, uh-huh. I apologize, right y'all,
3: but I, I yeah. So hopefully, you know, we answered that enough, and, and for the last few yeah. minutes, left, we can move away from Lindsey Graham and deal with the issues at hand. You know, like bomb bomb threats to the black community. Um, this brother Brian Flores, is that his name? you know, who, who's um, who's put a lawsuit out against the NFL for racist hiring practices, you know, I mean, like, wow. You know, I mean, he's taking it on like that. Did he not read about what happened to um, Kaepernick? <laughs> <laughs> you know,
0: <laughs>
3: does, he, does he really expect, excuse me, does he really expect you know the, um, the, the, the 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 population he represents. I'm talking about the players in the NFL. Does he really expect them to come to his defense? I mean, already you know everybody's coming to the defense of the general manager, the Dolphins. So what? That um, Flores brought them out of you know out of oblivion and led them to two back-to-back winning seasons. You know, so what if he gets fired at, at the peak of that? You know. Um, and he's going to say not only them but the New York Giants and two other teams also, does he really expect his brethren to come to his defense? That's, you know, that's where my head is right now. You know, what, what, what are we, you know, what's going to happen? You know, what's, what's, what do you all think about that? What do you think about that, Adam? What do you think is going to happen with this lawsuit? What do you think is even justified?
4: Have we lost them? I, no, no, I'm, I'm, I'm still here. What, what's justified is him, because he is, he is absolutely, if not overly, qualified to coach an NFL team. What's justified is him getting, getting hired by a, by another team. But would him getting hired by another team just be the NFL placating him and just saying, okay? all right, be quiet, we we, we we hired another Negro, you're good, you you got a team, so just just be quiet.
1: But they didn't even do that, though. Well, it's
3: too late for that because he sued them. Yeah, him. <laughs> you know, yeah so, they didn't, they yeah, didn't so do it. It's not him. like he's threatening to sue. Yeah, he's already sued him. You know, so this oh, yeah. is there that's now. True. This lawsuit is out there. I mean, you know, the question I'm asking is, is it justified or not? You know, so, that's what I'm asking.
4: You know. Yeah, I, but, but what, oh, I'm sorry, Go on, well. I'm, you got it, Adam. Come on. Go ahead. Well, I, I was just going to say if he's suing them, so will uh, if if he's suing them for for monetary damages. But would a settlement be okay? Well, we'll we'll you can coach a team. We're not going to give you any money money other than your salary. But is that going to is that going to be enough? I, I don't know what's going to be what's going to be justified or what's going to be a solution. I mean, it, it shouldn't have been an issue from the from the beginning, but it always has been.
1: You know, racism has always been okay. an issue in the in the NFL. I mean, that's you know it's one of the reasons why I don't really watch it uh for how they treat uh, you know but I won't get into that. You know, so the 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 problem that well not the problem, but and I understand what you're asking that. I actually asked that question in a post, but it's funny though it didn't get posted. You know, how how does this guy get supported? How does how do people stand up in such a a complexity of the NFL, you know, he's talking about the dolphins, the Broncos and the giants. And we already know, you know, the quote unquote brotherhood and, you know, these things that exist where like cap, you know, people turn their back and, you know, they don't get the support, you know, so this guy's pretty much just jeopardized his entire career on this lawsuit. You know, um, I'm, I'm glad he did it. You know, I hope that he gets the support that's needed, you know, but, you know, I, I think this was a step that needed to be taken, um, period. You know, I just – we always it's, – it's 32 teams in the NFL and there's only one head coach right now, one head coach. Why is that? So
3: well, – So my question still remains, do you think his lawsuit is justified? Yes. yes. Okay. You know, and so do you think that his his president, I'm talking about the NFL, which include owners like Jerry Jones, yeah. do you think, although Jerry, Jerry Jones made some very interesting comments that he'll probably have to walk back. You know, he said, we're going to do a good job on some issues and have work to do on others. It will never stop. The effort will really never stop. So is he saying, again, that this is a real issue and until we get it straight, we're going to have to keep plugging away and that's the only thing that's going to make it stop? But the comments weren't, you know, as one-sided as I kind of anticipated Jones' comments to be. But these are the kind of owners that are going to have to, like, support Brian Flores or support their fellow owners. You know, so um, where, are you know, if... if the players rally around, you know, this man's lawsuit. Where in the hell can change happen?
4: So that's the question. Yeah. Just like with but Trapper. if the players don't rally around you know, he, around he, a player, why are they going to rally around a coach?
3: Well, this is what I'm saying. So it's just this is what I said from the start. It's the you know. So again, he's putting himself in jeopardy. So if they don't. You know, if they didn't, you know, they left my man kneeling alone. So he's placed the lawsuit, though, you know, and he's put this lawsuit out here. So whether I think there um, um I forgot, since I, I don't remember the team that has already interviewed him for a job. But the thing is, whether he gets a job or not, you know, the question is the lawsuit is what I'm asking. Will that get this day in court? You know, and will the players rally in his defense for the Casey Rays? Y'all don't know about Kirk Flood, but he did a very similar thing with baseball that eventually led to the, um, led to that um, that 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 I can't even remember now what it's called um, but, um, uh, the, the bargaining back. agreement that um and 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 free yeah. free pre-agency in baseball. Kirk Flood was the one that brought it to the issue, but he lost his case in court and he never returned to baseball. But it was two white pitchers, um, Jim Burton, Bouton Burton, and one other guy, I can't remember, Andy Messersmith, I think. They're the ones who wound up benefiting from um, the, the um, free agency in baseball that exists today. You know, so Kirk Flood never really got you know justice, but baseball, you know, um, the players benefited from the cause. So. You know, is this kind of thing going to have to happen in football? Is this kind of thing going to have to happen in basketball? But my point is, and I'll shut up. It would happen a lot faster if black black athletes, you know, in particular, rallied around a recognized issue. We can talk, say, racism's already always existed, but if they ain't saying it, you know, and what's what what you know, all we going to do is poke holes in the sky. Anyway, that's all I got on that, man. I'm sorry, y'all. You, you know, I
4: didn't even get to Whoopi. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was, I'm glad I no, didn't bring that one up.
1: No, that's that's a whole other episode within itself. Man. We, you yeah, know, we'll get to talking come, about it. That'll
4: come
3: up Monday. Yeah.
4: But yeah. It, but, so it, it's whether, in, in my opinion, it's whether or not black athletes are willing to put – their salaries up for a greater cause.
3: Well, their careers, whatever you know, whatever you want to, you know, their, their, their notoriety, their visibility, their way of life. You know, I mean, it's all the whole. You know, think of it this way, man. Ask yourself, what if slaves refused to leave the plantation? You know, what would have been the point of the Civil War? So we got this <laughs> crickets. So we got this. You know, we got this. We got this new form of servitude where, you know, these these gladiators, these slaves are playing in front of, you know, Will. You brought it up not too long ago. You know that you got all these white folks because that's the dominant. That's the dominant fans in the stadiums. So all you got to do is just watch where the camera goes. The camera's gonna, you know. I mean, anyway, the camera's only going <laughs> to show the people that are there. You know. Right. You know, so these folks are cheering and throwing their money at these, you know, gladiators, you know, and these, 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 you know, these paid performers, you know. But at the same, as soon as they leave the parking lot, you know, this, this brother or this sister put their lives in jeopardy. If unrecognized, they wander into a white community, you know. Um, so you know, not every white community, but you all know, you know, I don't know how to separate to separate the week from the shaft, and we're talking about, you know, lives being, you know, endangered simply because of pigmentation. You know, I, I don't know any other way to talk about it, and I don't know how to – I don't know a racist from a, a, a peace migrant You know, I, I only know behaviors, and then it's too late. You know, and I have to walk around with that kind of, you know, third eye. I have to walk around with that kind of intensity, you know, have to walk around trying to be invisible, and hoping that people who would do harm to you will see you in your invisibility. You know, I, I, you know, see this just this has me stirred in all kind of directions, and I have a feeling it's going to even get more intense before this month is over. I hope I survive this month, <laughs> man. You know, like um, this this Black History Month, you know, man. You know, so, Bill,
4: what in in, in in your in your opinion,
3: no, what
4: no. can what what could the NFL do to, I don't know, for lack of a better term, fix the problem? If they go oh. out and hire five black I NFL coaches, that.
3: but no, 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 forget all that. You asked me the question, is by by admitting it. You know, forget everything else. You know, how do you fix the problem? you got to admit that there is one. So until they admit yeah. that there is one, it doesn't matter because it's, okay. it's going to come. It's going to be recycled. You know, and, and you know, like um, um, Kaepernick got a nice settlement. He was, you know, he was whatever the agreement was, he couldn't say what it was, but you can bet he got a nice one. But that didn't make the issue go away. So until you yep. admit to the problem, until you admit that there is a problem, it's just going to recycle, you know, and it's going to continue to recycle. And there's no other way that it can go. You know, you have a, you have a closed organization of owners. Yeah, I know that this, this billionaire black dude that might buy the Broncos if the rest of the owners allow him to. But you had a guy like Walter Payton, Payton who tried to buy into, you know, ownership of the NFL, NFL team, and those same owners said, oh, hell no. You know, so, you know, until you admit to the problem, and I think that's what Jerry Jones was kind of saying, you know, that, we had, you know, the work is in us admitting that there is a problem. You know, Jerry Jones one minute was fine with everybody kneeling down in support of Kaepernick. And then a week later, he said, no, get up off your knees. <laughs> Dirty Negroes? <laughs> anyway, I'm tripping, man. So, you know, until sure you can you admit just, that there's a problem, there's no way at all to fix it. And right now, the NFL <laughs> ain't admitting it.
4: Yeah, that's you what I really like a- about
3: that test. That's what I liked about that dude in, you know, that, that dude in the um, uh, NBA. You know, he said, yeah, there's a problem here. we got to do something about this. You know, so, you know, like the whole complexity of it began to change after George Floyd's murder. You know, was well, suddenly these cats were allowed to, you know, come out with, with uniforms and made statements. You know, visibility to a problem is what reveals it faster than anything else. You know, so... I apologize to both you brothers for talking so much, man. You know. Uh, no,
4: but did, didn't didn't the, the NFL players, didn't a lot of them get fined for wearing wearing the jerseys and wearing the masks and and everything?
3: Again. Or did admit or did the until NBA you let admit it go? That there is a problem. Until you admit that there is a problem, there's no way of fixing it. All right. So whatever the behaviors were, whatever the reactions were, whatever the whatever was a condoned reaction to whatever the athletes were doing, the athletes kowtowed and allowed it to continue. They didn't step off the playing field. They didn't step out of the arena. They didn't say, no, we demand equal justice. We're not going to perform in front of you anymore, you know, um, until you acknowledge that we are, in fact, something more than an entertainer to help ease your pain that you deal with with being white in America. You know, look, you know, there's there's a there's an issue of truth, and that's the only thing that can counteract the behavior of hate. Now, we can soften the truth, we can you know minimize the truth, we can decorate the truth, but all that does is permeate the attitude of hate. There's a hard language that has to be spoken, and if it's not spoken from the direct from the direction of the powers that be, voices like y'all's or voices like mine will be drowned out. It will be drowned out in many different ways, you know. And so until the NFL is willing to admit that there's a problem, you know. I mean, I always thought one of the things the NFL needed to do, they needed to apply a sliding scale to its fandom, you know. I mean, like um, even if it had to be a section you know, of fans that got a sliding scale of being able to show up at the stadium and not have to sit on the roof, you know. You know, something. <laughs> you know that. You know, uh, but you know, greed ain't gonna never let that happen. So, as, right. as if the NFL can ever admit to its greed, there's no reason why it has to change its stance. Mm, and right. I don't like that, you
1: know. right on. I know we're past the normal, our normal running time. I mean, was cool. We're still on the air, ladies and gentlemen. Everything's still good. Um, I know that. I want to give a shout
3: out right quick before we hang up. I see that um got got past Jay Pasto out there listening in, and I just
1: oh uh, what's up, birthday dude?
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Will. Sorry, go. Happy
1: on, birthday! Man. Happy birthday, JP. No, I was I was just yeah. uh, just stating that you know we acknowledge that this is Black History Month, and I know that you know we still have a little time, even though we're past eight o'clock uh, Central Standard Time. Did you still want to acknowledge? Uh, that list of inventors you you wanted to share?
3: I didn't want to go down the list. I was just going to, you know, just pick one out of the hat, you know. Uh uh, And um, right quick, just real quick, there's a book I wrote back in 95. It's called Dysfunctional by Design, the Rebirth of Cultural Survivors. And I wrote it for a classroom um, of students who were aspiring to become substance abuse counselors. And my reason for (laughs) writing it was to give them something to work from to show black people was something more than just, you know, ex-slaves. And I thought there was no better place <laughs> right. to start than, you know, than by acknowledging, you know, black inventors of the pre-20th century. So these black inventors I'm talking about were from the 1800s. And, you know, like um, without getting into, a, um, well, especially now, I won't get into the background of the individual, just the year, like this particular brother I wanted to mention, 1867. Wow. You know, 1867, Alexander Miles invented the elevator. You know, not Otis. <laughs> so, that, you know, that's, and, and you know, dialogue about the brother and everything else can come later. But I just wanted to acknowledge that. And that's what I just wanted to do for the rest of the month. Just pick somebody out, just acknowledge the year that they. And these inventions, by the way, they're, 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 they're copywriters. So that means they're in, you know, the Library of Congress. You know, so this is just something handed down from, slave plantations. did you know willie joe invented the shoelace no we're talking about patented inventions and that's what that is what that is what has gotten lost in the translation of american history until lions have historians hunters will always be
1: boom that's why we call him the lion's historian ladies and gentlemen yeah that is why
3: and that's a quote from stephen Biko who died in in September i think it was um nineteen seventy seven he went on a hunt, hunger strike while while in, in prison he's the only one whose you know death reason for the cause of death was probably accurate so you know just an acknowledgement of him man.
1: right on uh let me give my uh history- black history uh you know, drop my my inventor in, uh, I got to give Benjamin Banneker, you know, I love talking about Benjamin Banneker. Uh, in 1791, he invented the almanac, and it's one of the many different things that he has uh, contributed to. Uh, but, you know, you, you always get a chuckle when you talk about my Benjamin Banneker poem, man. but, you know, that's my dude. So.
3: <laughs> I love that chuckle yeah. was a pride, man. I was I, I'm swollen up in pride, man. Oh, right on, right on. You banged out that Benjamin Banneker poem, man. That was a prideful moment for me. What were you? Yes. What were you about? What were you? 10, 11? Um, fourth
1: grade, fifth grade. I don't you know. Something like yeah.
3: that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Okay, man. Well, I'm going to back out the wind. Adam, I hope we're still friends. I think so. <laughs> Good enough for me. I'll take that for now. (laughs) You still like me? I still like you.
1: Right on. Um, Hey, can you hear me okay? Was there a lot of noise in the background? I think that's Adam
3: brought that noise in. I think. No, that's that's
1: probably me. No, I think that's Ah, me. So I'm sorry,
3: Adam. Yeah.
1: (laughs) That's cool. Well, we get up out of here. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is the greenhouse effect. an opportunity, uh, I'm sorry, excuse me, this is the Greenhouse Effect radio show, uh, a chance to provide an opportunity to exercise critical thinking, experience a renewed self-awareness, and maybe even a deeper connection to others and their experiences, especially when we share interpretations and feelings. Um, as always, Dad and I ask that you be safe, be blessed, and most importantly, be yourself, be you. Um, I haven't mentioned this in a long time, but don't forget, you know, we're feel like we're in the fire before rising from the ashes. So remember to stay strong. Uh, until Monday, Dad, uh, love you, Adam. Thanks again for calling love. in. Hey Sue. Um, and so uh, we'll talk to you all or hear you all next Monday. Uh, don't forget, all shows are archived on your favorite listening platform. So just look for the greenhouse effect. All right, Dad. Stay warm out there, man. Be careful.
3: All righty, man. Yeah, you too, man. Love you, son. Love you, Adam. All right. Take care, y'all. JP, All right. J-Pastor.
2: Yeah. Happy birthday. Yeah, I should be, just if you stayed, be happy. As I lie in the red. I said